Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that gets us connected and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we've made the connection. Two weeks ago, we started our conversation on personal ethics in a world of crisis and calamity. We talked about how to connect and make a difference. On the last two weeks of this war, I've been struck by the tenacity of the Ukrainians fighting for their freedom. So I looked up the word freedom, and it turns out that freedom comes from the same root as friend. It's an Indo-European word meant dear or beloved. It meant a connection to other free people by bonds of kinship or affection. Also, it's unlike a slave. So the fight for freedom meant a fight for connection to other free people, not slaves. So why... Are we slaves to the voices of liars? What are the voices in our head, and and how do we discern which voice in our head to listen to? And how can we maybe support some kind of a breaking through? And so to continue our conversation, we have Rick Bernardo, who joined us a few weeks ago. A little bit about Rick. Um, after earning his degrees in science and religion, ethics, uh, Rick devoted years to combined career in community health and entertainment. Besides his years as a musician and actor, Rick has done stand-up comedy on ABC's America's Funniest People and in venues across the U.S. His nonprofit work includes designing and directing statewide public health programs through the California Medical Society as well as the Minnesota Department of Health and it helped protect millions of lives. For over 13 years, Rick taught organizational leadership, business ethics, and cyber tech ethics at St. Mary's University of Minnesota. He's overseen communications and development for nonprofit causes and presents multimedia educational programs on well-being for diverse audiences around the country. Welcome, Rick. Thank you for asking me to be here. Uh, I was... Wondering, like, oh, that who, who is that person? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Like, that's and that's and that's me. Uh, yep, so yeah, it definitely is. What's you're a, still here. It's a version of me, is, is what it is. It's speaking of different voices. Uh, so I will um, let me just give a little bit of a foundation on. Uh, you mentioned ethics and voices. Uh, one of the first things we cover when we talk about ethics at universities, or or if you're just talking to me, uh, is what is ethics? And it's basically a system for doing our morality. You know, we can't go probably more than 60 seconds without thinking about right and wrong. But we don't always notice that we're doing that. We're hardwired as human beings to th- always think, well, that's good, that's bad, that's right, that's wrong. So good, bad, right, wrong, just foundational uh, concepts that are in our brains all the time. And when we're doing that kind of thinking, we're doing some system of ethics. The 
problem comes up when we're stuck a lot of times with what is right or wrong or we don't understand why somebody else doesn't get why they what we're saying. Right. So right. the 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 power of ethics I always say is uh is in our ability to connect with people about this issue of right and wrong. And uh I had a mentor that always asked us asked us to to become a 3-year-old and ask why is that right or wrong? Mm-hmm. And once we go a few levels into that, we're in a different territory and we can connect better with people and ourselves. So, But when we're in a situation where we're looking at right and wrong and, and we know that the Russians are lying, I mean, it's very clear they're lying. They have gone into Ukraine and they've gone from an invasion to almost... Uh, it is genocide at this point. Um, and we know that, you know, that that it's bald-faced lying. I mean, he, the UN called him out on it. Um, how, do we, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with just lying? Why, why do folks listen to liars? There's like three mystery for the ages questions there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so let's let's which one do you want do we want to pick here um i would say you know one one of the most famous um, uh, american ethicists is stanley hauerwas and he is famous for pointing to a novelist uh, uh who uh wrote in one of her books that it comes down to not always talking about right and wrong uh in our common experience it comes down to the fact that people live in different worlds, different worlds of perception and experience and facts or non-facts. Mm-hmm. That makes a huge difference. Context is everything when we're talking right or wrong or almost anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the context of relationship, where you're getting your information, how you're getting it makes a huge difference in what is right and wrong and even if if something works uh, when you're – it doesn't even have to be right and wrong. It's just mm-hmm. like whether we see the same world or not is really uh, the fact. So that brings up a, a question of, well, you mentioned Putin keeps lying. Right. We've got a lot of people that have been followed in our country that continue to lie. So why do people continue – to believe liars. If you want to just jump into that, it's generally because our brains can be hijacked very easily. Uh, for instance, uh, when a truck is coming at you, you have a fight or flight response. You you, you run or you just freeze, uh, and and you don't have to, you don't really engage in critical thinking or in, in what we would call a real choice. That can happen at a level of concepts, and people, especially dictators and demagogues are expert at pushing that button in us to say those people are coming after you. This is going to happen. This is familiar, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to happen. We have to do this. We have to do that. And hijacking us in a way uh, by appealing to that. Um, so the, the fight or flight gives us a – there is some kind of an enemy, whatever that enemy is. There's some sort of a threat. There's a, some threat. sort of other that is a threat that either creates a rallying to you know face the threat or a reaction to the threat but at our basic level you know we either 
in that level of the brain, the lower brain is at the amygdala that just kind of <clears throat> kicks in and goes, you know, uh, at the animal part of our brain yeah, exactly. that just right. goes, I'm afraid. So I either need to stick with people that I trust and know and are with me in this and we're, yes, we're yes. fighting it together. So we're all on the same page. This is the enemy or this is the threat. Um, and that gives us a comfort. That gives us it will override. It will override everything and create a filter for anything else to ever get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of examples. Uh, it's a form of uh, of a cult. Mm-hmm. It's a form of um, being in a, a group where you're sheltered from actual facts. Mm-hmm. It happens at a lot of different levels. And one of the things, uh, if if one considers oneself enlightened or progressive or free and critical thinking and really able to do ethics, mm-hmm. you have to, have to always watch. We've got we have that blind spot, and and it, one thing that really just helps is notice when that's running you. And mm-hmm. let's go back to you mentioned the word voices a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of voices in our heads, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, and they're all none of them are absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it's, but but it, you don't want the three-year-old in your head running, <laughs> running your life all the time, and and that's the anxious and fearful, could be voice, sure, could or, be, or, or the one that wants to be loved, or the one that says uh, it's not fair, but has no idea what fairness really is. So so yeah. all of, all of that, you know, <laughs> that's not fair. That's nothing uh, to do with fairness. Everybody got the same amount. No, yeah. but I want this. Well, so there's levels of not being able to really get it mm-hmm. in a way. Levels and, of maturity and growing up in a community uh, exactly. of some sort, whether the community is your family I, or your you know, yes. your workplace or whatever. So just, just there's a, a community that and context that you brought up at the very beginning. Yes, and just a quick example is if your boss or your spouse ever says, "Hey, Lori." We have to talk. Fight or flight? Hello. No, I don't want to talk. Chills, chills uh, down your back. And, and you know, when that happens yeah. to me, I'm immediately like eight years old. Yeah. And uh, so uh, it helps to notice. <laughs> and uh, not right now. Give me, give me a moment. <laughs> I'll be back with the real Rick. Well, you know, you, and you, you mentioned earlier about you know progressives, and you know we like to think of ourselves in, in that blind spot that comes up. I, I had a blind spot that that I shared with you earlier that um, I, I I got. A sort of a sense of we have to love America, right? We, you know, there's this sense of when I hear someone say that, um, well, we goaded Putin into it. I have a reaction to that. You know, it's like I've I, heard that. I, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think that that's a possibility. I don't want to. I mean, that that, that that I do the right wrong right away. That was wrong. That was wrong to there's, say. There's a lot of factors, yeah. and that is a, the edging a little towards wanting things to be simple when you're yes. a kid. Yes. Uh, it, it's good to notice that. Yeah. Uh, uh, doesn't mean that any of that is automatically right or wrong. There could be right. a lot of factors going on all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, so with that and looking at liars and looking at our our journey to be ethical, you know, and our journey to use and, – and I, you used it – and I encourage people to <laughs> listen to our first conversation um, that was February 26th and it's on our – uh, AM 950 radio, you can go to my connections um, little tile and, and it'll come up and I, I encourage you to listen to that. But in our next uh, segment, um, there's challenges I think that we face when we try and speak our truth, speak our voice, and it's not heard um, or it's dismissed. And I want to I wanna talk about that. What is What does it take to speak truth to liars, <laughs> not just to power, but 
what does that mean in being able to understand um, what what's going on there and 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 look at it from the ethical point of view so thank you for joining us uh, we will be back Rick and I will continue our conversation at looking at ethics and looking at um, how, how are we looking at work we can do during this war and making sense of what our ethical obligations are. So thank you for being with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and today we have Rick Bernardo, an ethicist. He's worked in public health and the arts. He's taught 13 years in ethics. He also does trainings and multimedia presentations all over the country on um, thoughtful ideas for us to be thinking about. So I welcome Rick's insights during this challenging time as we try and make sense uh, of what we can do in the midst of war. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've got relatives that have different views uh, when it comes to the COVID mask. Um, sometimes Thanksgiving is a little tricky and how to uh, communicate and connect because we have different worldviews. Um, some of people I know and don't believe the climate's really all that bad. It's just you know part of what happens and cycles and whatnot. And there are others that feel very strongly that the climate we need to address and there's disconnects. Um, there was a story this last week, Rick. Um, it's a different radio show, Disconnect. Yes. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yes, not this one. Yes. Yeah. But we do talk about disconnects because that no, helps I, us understand the connect. But uh, I got you. Uh, the, the big picture for me is I heard a story this week. Uh, I watched um, a vignette of, of uh, a segment on both CNN and MSNB featured this young man who called his father. He's in the middle of war. The Russians are attacking. And he calls his dad and his dad says, that's not happening. And the son goes, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, we're, we're in danger. Um, I'm, my kids are going to, my kid is going to flee with his mother. I'm staying to fight. No, no, no. It's the Ukrainians that are doing it to the Ukrainians. It's not the Russians. Russians would never do that. And, he hung up on him really frustrated, like, you don't listen to me. You know, why are you discarding me and, and you're believing this propaganda that you've heard for 20 years? And I, I was struck by that because I'm sure we've all been in a situation where we've talked to our parents and they didn't believe us about something and very frustrated. But at a level of, you know, our lives are in danger and, and your reality isn't there um, is hard. And, and then what he did, which I thought was so incredible, is he made a commitment uh, to to spread communication and ways to spread communications to Russia and to let people know this is happening. Keep working at it. And he called his father back and he continues to call his father and he chronicles helping mm. his father understand you know, what is happening. Of course, his father loves him. Of course, his father loves his, his grandchild. But it's so strong, mm -hmm. the belief system that the Russians would never do that, that yeah. they can't, they can't contemplate. So his mission was, how do I keep communicating with people? 
and 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 asking people to impact you know 11 million people that may believe this yeah that 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 first part of your story is heartbreaking mm-hmm. uh, and the second part of your story is heartwarming mm-hmm. that's a key connection with that word freedom and and the, the heart centered aspect of that uh it's heartbreaking when uh, somebody doesn't believe you and uh, just going through that in my own head while you're talking mm-hmm. i'm i, I re- regressed to like 8 years old uh, again uh it's so sad uh so this brings up a question of uh again of like why do people keep believing lies mm-hmm. uh and we covered a little bit of that already but the other aspect of that is how does one ever break free of that what difference can we make in the face of that sort of um, conversation where somebody may be uh, – they're living in a different world? How do we bridge that? And it really comes down to uh, risking leading with our heart and that's what that that guy had to do uh, is mm-hmm. risk, keep uh, caring, mm-hmm. stay in communication. It doesn't mean you have to uh, – lie it does it means actually mm-hmm. keeping it real mm-hmm. and what is real so i've had conversations with friends and relatives who really are living in a, in a different world they get their media from uh, what i call a lot of fabrication uh news and i try to be clear then that i know you and i love each other and and we care about the same values that's generally true the difference is what is so and what is not so, and that's that's the that's the difference. But if we can stick with what do we care about, eventually there might be a, another level of trust, where uh, because of that authenticity, uh, I'm reminded of um, Daryl Davis is a guy that a lot of people might have heard about. He he did that. He's a black man, uh, a jazz musician who met years and decades ago somebody. In the audience who loved his music found out over a beer the guy was a Klansman and they struck up what's now a lifelong friendship. And he's done that with over 200 Ku Klux Klan members in the past 30 years of making friends based on what they do care about, beautiful music and so forth. And it gets to the point where it's so real and this is a black guy and these – Klansmen eventually let go of all the illusion they've been living with eventually because of that road of just just it's you and me. That's, that's, so that's inspiring too, but it's, it reminds me of what, what yeah. you just described. Well, it strikes me as how do we move from us and them to an us, right? Because there's us and them in in the Ku Klux Klan. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like that, and how does that get bridged? There's the Russia Ukraine. Um, I, I don't know how Ukrainians could ever connect back, except with the very act that this young man is doing to try and get you know communication of the truth to 11 million people in Russia. That's his hope. There's so many situations and stories, it's hard to be general about it. But I've already seen a number of instances where uh, the Ukrainian forces and military are letting a Russian soldier call home because they just took him prisoner. Mm-hmm. That's, call his mother. That's, that's touching. Is that the, yeah. 
uh, I don't know how often that happens, but that's keeping it real. That's uh, compassionate. It's uh, it's a great example of, yeah, we just try to kill each other, but <laughs> can you call your mother? I mean, it's it's almost. I'm laughing because it's almost yeah. absurd when you think of the context. Yeah. But it's uh, it's inspiring and courageous on everybody's part as well. And with that, you also mentioned about you know um, the art in all of that. You know that there is an art, um, an intentional art to create connection. You know that, that there's an artistic sensibility. I think as part of this, and I want to explore that uh, in our next segment. Um, there are ballet dancers that are going to war. Uh, they were in Paris, and they performed. Um, and both men and women are are leaving their their work as dancers, and are fighting from their heart. And one of the things that um, one of the ballet dancers said, she goes, "My art has given me the strength uh, to go to war because my art gave me spirit. My Art gave me the dedication to do something more and fight for what I believe in. Yeah. And uh, there's something very humbling and powerful at the same time. I, I think the reason why is because we all have that in us. Uh, it may not be as a dancer, but it's, it's there, that ability to create. Uh, that's a foundational thing. Uh, one part of ethics that uh, not, is not talked about even in academia a lot is uh, you have to have a huge imagination in order to see where you want to go. Uh, when you take things apart analytically as an ethicist, uh, it doesn't do a lot of good unless you can put them back together. You, engineering and reverse engineering are part of the same coin. Connecting and disconnecting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, my part of my brain just fell out there. Yeah. And with that, we will be back, and we're going to talk about um, art, uh, art and war, um, and what can we learn from art, and what can art and ethics uh, support us in our journey to understand and to show up uh, as an ethical person and make ethical choices and use ethics as you've taught me, uh, Rick, as a toolbox of uh, looking at our world. So we'll be back. Thanks for being with us. And it'll just be a moment. We'll be right back. Many young Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm your host, Lori Fitz. And my guest is Rick Bernardo, who is an ethicist. He's worked in public health, in the arts. He taught for for 13 years uh, with all kinds of um, ethics and how that gets applied in business and all sorts of other things as well. He's just a all sorts of other, kind other of a things. renaissance thinking man, uh, <laughs> which I am – Enjoying having a conversation with. And we've been talking about war. Uh, we have been talking about ethics, uh, connections, making a difference, uh, facing liars, and understanding what ways that we can continue to try and connect. Um, and it's complicated. And it's contextual 
as Rick has reminded us of. But I, I was struck in our last conversation when you mentioned in our last segment, and if you want to listen, uh, feel free to go to am950radio.com if you've missed anything, and you can go down to the Connections tile, hit that, and listen to our conversation today as well as a couple of weeks ago where we started our, our ethics conversation. But what I was struck in our last segment was thinking about Daryl Davis who had a connection with another man with music, the music touched him and um, he reached out and this guy was part of the KKK. I mean, that seems terrifying to me. Yeah. what it, The story, the way the story went, he's having a beer with this Klansman and he didn't know he was a Klansman and, uh, and Daryl Davis is black and, and a, an expert jazz pianist. Right? And so they're having a beer and it comes up. Uh, oh, I, you know, I, the guy, eventually kind of fesses up, I'm, I'm with the KKK. And Daryl Davis didn't believe him. He, he started laughing because he thought, no way. And what, well, way. Way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whoa, dude. Yeah. So um, he kept the connection, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, Even though he was terrified. Yeah. It took, took him a while. It took him a, a minute. But <laughs> it took him a minute at least and then it took him a couple of other uh, beers uh, mm-hmm. o- o- over time mm-hmm. with this person. But they had a common connection about music and uh, once they started seeing each other as uh, it's you and it's me and we're having this beer together, uh, that started to make a difference. And again, 200 more Klansmen later, I mean, he, he, he they're not Klansmen anymore, any of these people, over decades of work. Uh, but an amazing story. So, uh, but with a framework of terror, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If you're a, a black person or anybody, uh, mm-hmm. a, the clans are dedicated to domestic terrorism, and mm-hmm. we we've had that uh, an ongoing version of that. And by the way, uh, we use that term terrorism a lot. It's important to distinguish what is terrorism and what isn't. So it's not just making people afraid because there's all versions of that. But uh, I learned this definition from Daniel Ellsberg uh, who released the Pentagon Papers during the Nixon administration and changed the course of history. But Daniel Ellsberg also was a military analyst with the Rand Corporation and advised uh, the Pentagon on military strategies and, and analysis. So he was an expert on military rules but also ethics and so i got to meet him many years ago just for a moment but in his lecture that evening he pointed out that terrorism is uh, has got four aspects it's it's threatening or trying to harm somebody or actually harming them it's got to be serious it's not just like you know uh it, it's got to be threatening their life or doing serious harm it's got to be two non-combatants not other, not other soldiers, right? and four, it's got to be for some political purpose. All of those aspects, the four that I mentioned, uh, meet the definition of what the clans and they're trying to do, or a lot of domestic terrorism. The major, by far, portion of terrorism in the United States is white domestic terrorism. So it's important to remember that, and we go back to the clans. And so Daryl Davis stood his ground at, uh, in a heart-centered way with domestic terrorists for decades. 
Uh, that's an amazing, inspiring story. And when I say inspiring, I mean it's heartwarming. It, it stirs my heart, makes me want to make a connection mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And there, there's, a, there's an art to that. There's a practice to that. And when I hear you say that it inspires you, it, it reminds me of a previous conversation that we've had that in terms of finding our voice – we can start – we have – as you said, we've got all these voices well, in yeah. our heads. And if we can find – we can start to find our voice or what might be called our conscience uh, by finding the things that inspire us, that that helps us start to see that's important to me. That's my voice. That's – I resonate with that. It's great to just notice that, right, mm-hmm. when that comes up in you as a pair, as opposed to what I was talking about, you and I both regressing and mm-hmm. I know that, oh, that's an eight-year-old. I'm, right. I feel small again. Uh, there's, there's some other voices and sometimes we've never heard them before. It will come out of nowhere and all of a sudden there's a lot of stories of the people that you and I admire through history mm-hmm. or in the present where something came up. In their lives and they heard a voice they have never heard before from within themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the, and and it, it's uh, – I get chills when I think of it because when that happens, you're being a different person at that point. Which reminds me of Zelensky, right? I mean here's this leader of the Ukraine that – an artist uh, and, and a comedian – He's also an incredible business person. He had amazing business acumen. Um, and what strikes me is that he has that courage, and I love the word courage because the C-O-U-R, the French heart, it is with heart. He has exemplified you know, that moment that you've talked about that we become bigger than ourselves, um, that something happens. And I think the world – I mean I know the world has recognized. We are uh, enamored by this courageous man that's facing down uh, military might that's, you know, 10, 100 times bigger than what they've got. But something happened. There was that conscience. Was it freedom that was the sense of I need to connect with my my people or something happened? I wish I knew uh, and I'm determined to know more about his life because that is a fascinating – and inspiring through line for him is uh, in, in the arts there's I, – I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who is an actor for instance or a musician who hasn't acknowledged that the scariest thing they can imagine is doing stand-up comedy mm-hmm. because uh, there's a saying in comedy that if you're not having people laugh every 30 or 40 seconds, you're in trouble. There's no other pressure like that. Uh, there's no other way if, – if you're not making people laugh – and connected in that way, you're, the agreement is kind of broken. And everybody, one of my one of my saving lines, they call it savers, uh, when people wouldn't laugh, would be, uh, "Oh, thank you for the moment of silence," because it's appropriate when anything dies. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but that would get him back. That would right. reestablish connection. Uh, so, most comedians have that because they know it's going to happen, and their their commitment. In comedies to keep the connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's uh, something in common going on there with Zelensky, uh, of course. It's like how does he keep that connection? And it's interesting that you say that, you know, what, what is it that, that creates that moment? 
Um, I've heard people that know Zelensky that get interviewed that have worked with him or supported them and said, yes, he's an amazing man, but he also is almost the embodiment of all Ukrainian people. He's almost channeling the Ukrainian people that when you see him, you are feeling the power of the people. Mm. And that to me is powerful. But then I get frustrated because I see news just this just look at wow he was a comedian i'm looking at him now and i'm like no, look what he is saying <laughs> let's not worry about style or be so surprised that a man of art and business you know can be powerful some people have to catch up first yeah, yeah right right <laughs> yeah. i know yeah i hear you and just recognize that that there is a power in art and there's a power with that ballet dancer that has chosen um, to go to war because her art gives her spirit. There's something about a an artist who is now the leader of the Ukraine that has captured the hearts of the people and of the world, the Ukrainian people and of the world. And I would add to that that we all have that in us, not in the same exact manifestation. We don't have the same histories. We don't have the same tools or expressions, but we all have an ability to step up and lead from our heart and create an experience of some kind it, it it could be it could be any number of different things but it does have to do with being open to what is that voice going to say uh, there's a lot of neil young used to tell the story of he said all this come all this comes from some other place and all we can do is wait for it with open arms and try to give it back to make some difference uh, and he, he said it's everything he's ever done has been listening to that muse. And he does it as a musician, mm -hmm. but it rings a bell or can ring a bell for anybody depending on. And, and depending on, I was just going to jump on that as mm -hmm. well. It, some of it is the need. You know, you look around, can you do it? Can you do it? Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I have to do this. It goes back to uh, listening to liars, and if you're in that situation, something can something can happen. I have a, a doctor, a social work friend uh, that I asked about how do people break free of lies yeah. and illusions, and she said people's eyes can be opened through crisis, and when something valuable is at stake, something they see that they're risking that they didn't recognize mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And she went on that – or it can be a shift in personal experience. Any of those things can really lead to a reckoning and a, a transformation. In that moment. Yeah. Well, with that, we're going to have to take a break and come back uh, and continue our conversation of um, what does it mean to find our voice, uh, which voice to listen to and – what voices do we resonate with? And stay with us because uh, my friend Rick and I have more to say, <laughs> more to think about, and more to share with you. So we'll be right back after a few short announcements. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks for connecting. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. 
And I have Rick Bernardo, who's joined me today. He is an ethicist. He's worked in public health, in the arts. He taught ethics for 13 years um, and is a good thinker, uh, a good uh, <laughs> a good supporter of thought and conversation. Uh, has done many years of radio as well. So I'm, I'm delighted to have um, a fellow radio uh, host join me uh, today as we as we discuss uh, war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. And- <laughs> that, that was Edwin Starr speaking of artists and yeah. somebody to acknowledge. Uh, uh, I think uh, I, I remember the Temptations first recorded that song, mm-hmm. but then he uh, Edwin Starr took it to number one, uh, and it became a, an anthem of. Uh, Pacifism, basically, well, mm-hmm. not necessarily pacifism, but it was in the face of the Vietnam War, where, by the way, Ellsberg discovered that we'd been lied to for years and years, to go mm-hmm. back to the beginning of our show. Mm-hmm. What do you do in the face of lies? Right. Yeah. And art stirs us you know, and, and unites us. Um, at least it unites some, maybe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it can annoy us a little bit, yeah. but in a good way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in a way that gets us thinking. <laughs> um, so in looking at finding our voice, uh, dealing with liars, um, help me see a way to think about this in terms of aha moments. <laughs> Aha moment. So, well, finding our voices, uh, how do we create who we really want to be? Yeah. Uh, no matter what the situation, I'm not saying everybody has a, a chance to do what anybody else can do. But in general, uh, what comes to mind, you mentioned aha moments. There's a writer that I studied in college here, which is like this is going back to the 1800s. But still, <laughs> uh, uh, Arthur Kessler, K O E S. That is how you spell the Kess in this Kessler or Kersler, I guess, if you're German. And he wrote a whole host of books uh, like The Ghost in the Machine or the Janus. Uh, oh, what was that? Oh, it just works called Janus, a summing up. That's probably the, the, uh, the best book to go to. And he would describe that there's uh, an aspect of creativity and synthesis within everybody. And he would say if you're a scientist or a mathematician or an engineer, there's there's often an aha response where you discover something, you get it, you can put it together in a different way. If you're, um, if you're really in the midst of connecting with people deeply over joy or comedy, there's the aha response, which is just something that you can't even describe, but it's a clash of paradigms such that we find it so amusing, we laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. So the aha response, uh, the ha-ha response uh, to, to comedy and joy, and then there's also the synthetic merging with another person or another sort of spirit uh, called the ah, he, he would call it the ah response, mm-hmm. and he says it's an aspect of a deep fabric within everybody, and uh, I think it's a great way to in- integrate and not separate us in all these different roles because not everybody's going to be right. the dancer you were talking about right. or, or Zelensky, uh, but we have our different paths along that line, and there's a commonality in an ability to create moments or things or objects or experiences. What I love about that is that it's without words, right? You know, the, the, there's a word, you know, awe is a word. But 
it's deeper than a word. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, what comes up a lot in my university courses is uh, everything that we're doing on the show is living in language in some way. And we're, we're using words, but it's important to remember there's other languages. And uh, most of our language is representational. So I say the word box. You know what a box is. There's no box here, but we know what we're talking about. It mm -hmm. refers to something. It's representational. But there are languages such as dance, which it's its own thing. It's not representational. It moves us in a different music that's not an object. It's an experience that speaks to us in a, in a deep way. Out of the womb, we know what music is. Mm -hmm. We know the difference between ah or mm -hmm. oh. We, 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 babies respond instantly to the music of a voice, for instance. And a baby will sing before it speaks a word. Yeah. And they will dance as soon as they do their first step. Yes, exactly. Those are all languages that their own own things, basically. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a uh, Edward Hopper, uh, a, uh, an American artist that's famous. He, <laughs> I love the quote from him. Uh, he was asked once too often about w what this painting meant, and he said, "Damn it! If I could say it, I wouldn't paint it." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> look at it. <laughs> That's the language, people. <laughs> yeah. 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 The visual art language. Yeah. Take a look. Where is it? Uh, oh, I was just trying to remember uh, comedian. Um, oh, I'll, I'll come up with it. Sorry. It's all right. It's all good. We're, we are coming down to the last um, last little minute here, minute and a half. And what I also want to encourage people to do as they're thinking about what they can do um, is consider supporting nonprofits that could really help. And there are two nonprofits that I wanted to bring to your attention that I think are doing amazing work. Um, the World Central Kitchen, that's WCK. You can go to WCK.org. Um, they're serving thousands of people that uh, are needing it. Um, they're chefs for Ukraine. They're stories from the ground um, that share what's going on. And I think uh, if you'd like to, I, I've made a donation this this last week, uh, and I I highly support the World Central Kitchen um, because it's giving fresh meals to Ukrainian families that are fleeing their home, and that's uh, important to do. We also need to be able to support people to have a roof over their head, and I want you to consider the Airbnb dot org. Um, they're helping to house a hundred thousand refugees. If we give support, we'll give even more folks a place to have a roof over their head. Rick, thank you. Thank you, too. And thanks for mentioning those. That creates possibilities as well. That's, that's wonderful. Well, if it resonates, it's one of the things that you taught me. If it resonates, it's part of my voice, right? It's something that inspires me. Then it's something that I, I want to share and give others the opportunity to support. What you said. <laughs> thank you for being <laughs> with us today. Thank you for exploring connections in a, an ethical, deeper way. We'll be back next week. Listen to me. Oh.